It's showtime. Don't say it, please. Don't say it. No, I have to say it, Mitch. Showtime. Showtime. It's showtime, everybody. Showtime. Welcome back to the Showtime Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Joe, as always. Thank you for being alongside me. I know it's been a long time since the last episode, but uh, it's been busy, but we're we're kind of like gearing up for the Oscar nominations that's come out tomorrow. Uh, we're gearing up for, well, the Oscars themselves, I guess. And I personally am gearing up for baseball season. So I figured it'd be as good a time as any now to crank out a couple episodes. We'll get to the Marvel movies a little later on, but in this episode, I actually got a chance to speak with one of my uh, good friends who's actually been on this podcast before, Mark Gujon, who is a podcaster himself. I think the last time Mark was on this pod was, I want to say... You know what? It might have been before the pandemic. It might have been for the Rise of Skywalker episode. We had the round table with Chris, Mark, and myself, and that was pretty fun. And Mark is a, is a huge Avatar fan, massive Avatar fan. I think he's just like a James Cameron fan in general. Hard not to be because the guy just makes bangers and only bangers, apparently. But, but he obviously has made Avatar 2 or Avatar The Way of Water. And I was going to do a review of this by myself, but I thought, you know what? I have at my disposal someone who is my friend, someone who is awesome at talking about movies, and someone who is a genuine (laughs) Avatar fan. So who better to do a review of Avatar with than Mark Gujon? So why don't we get to it? This is my conversation from a couple days ago. We recorded this when both Mark and I had an off. uh, It was like we we were at work at the same time and had off time at the same time. So we quickly ran into an audio booth and recorded this conversation for you. So this is Mark and I chatting about Avatar, The Way of Water. We got to the Puss in Boots sequel as well and some couple of Oscar nomination predictions ahead of tomorrow's announcement. So, me and Mark on James Cameron's Avatar. So, Mark, uh, obviously you and I are big fans of the Avatar series. I would, I dare say you wearing an Avatar shirt. You're probably a bigger a bigger fan than I I, I went across the border to Target and I bought it because it, really? it was like a third of the oh, price as the ones at Hot Topic. That's a, You know what? Hot Topic, I'll say, very easily accessible uh, merchandise for literally any big movie ever. Like yeah. when, Remember when Suicide Squad came out or like Joker? You could get literally anything DC related at Hot Topic within maybe like two days of those movies being out in theaters. They treat every property like it's Star Wars. It's true. I, uh, you know, it's funny, you me- it's funny you mentioned Star Wars because where I wanted to start with you was the idea that Avatar, which is a movie, The Way of Water, which is a movie where James Cameron once again sinks an expensive-looking ship, so he must he must <laughs> just, like, really like doing it, right? But the the idea that it's a it's a franchise that doesn't have cultural impact, and I, have, I find that a funny thing to talk about considering that it's about to make two billion dollars at the box office apparently like, it has uh, already okay yeah. so there you go so it's it's it, it was right on the cusp but now it has like it's probably gonna not get nominated for best picture probably gonna win the oscar for best visual effects like i, I probably go take a mortgage out on my on my condo and go put it on the <laughs> on on the best visual effects oscar for james cameron and crew but it just it's 
like we're all gonna go see the next movie. Like oh, it's like it's everyone a, and their mother. Yeah, yeah, like everyone and their like you and I are for sure gonna see it. But the, even the most casual movie goers are gonna see these movies because they're huge spectacles. And I just I guess I struggle with the idea that it does not have cultural impact because of all the money it's made because people talk about it all the time. We're all going to see, like, I don't know, David Thewlis be the mean fire Navi and be mean to, like, Jake and Nate and his kids and so on, yeah. right? I, I guess, like, the reason I, I said it's funny you brought up Star Wars because, I, like, I love Star Wars, so do you. We've talked about it before on this show. And, like, I guess I would say that Star Wars has cultural impact. But at the same time, beyond maybe, like, I don't know two to three movies most of those movies suck yes. right like that's yeah. like that's kind of it like and we uh, both know we're both fans of star wars right. we've been to the convention together right. yeah i don't know i just i like i i can still appreciate those movies like what would anyone say that pirates of the caribbean which was like a huge spectacle based franchise I don't think anyone would say the last two movies in those franchises were particularly good. People still wanted to go see them and talked about them endlessly, yeah. right? They made crazy money, but I think everyone thinks of it as there was the Pirates trilogy, and then somehow there were, I think, two more, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Two more. Yeah. Two yeah. more. Like, I didn't see either four or five, because to <laughs> me, I was like, these are done. Right. You know, 2007, it all ended. Like, we're good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say they have essentially no no i don't like you know air quotes impact yeah, yeah yeah the whole thing of cultural impact to me as a phrase like i'm glad you brought it up it's really silly to me it's sort of a i'm probably not using it right but a straw man for some way for people that are <laughs> the anti-avatar crowd to take down avatar right and i feel very silly coming here and like passionately defending <laughs> a franchise that has made more money per movie than any other franchise so, you know, like I understand the irony that I'm going to I'm probably going to take a dump on Marvel <laughs> right, or, right. or Star Wars even, sure. right? But there is something silly about people saying there's no cultural impact. I guess what is cultural impact? That's the thing. Memes? Is that what they mean? I like I guess. I guess so, right? Because right? I I I I bet you the people when you say what is cultural impact to someone? I, I bet you're right that most people would struggle to define what that is because even I have a problem d defining what cultural impact is. Like, I guess for, again, to use Star Wars as an example, I guess it's, it's, it was like people were like kids were out in the streets pretending they were holding lightsabers and making yeah. lightsaber noises. I suppose that would qualify as cultural impact or people would like, you know, as jokes go around and say like, I am your father in oh. a James Earl Jones voice. Before or, you even knew what it was as a kid, you'd heard these things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, like I, I guess for me, the, 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 the measuring stick as to whether or not something it makes an impact on like pop culture certainly is whether or not it makes it into the Simpsons. And we know the Simpsons constant. Like I always think of the episode of the Simpsons when I think of star Wars where Homer and Marge come out of the theater and he's like, wow, could you believe that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's yeah. father? And then everyone in line for the next swing is like, oh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. So I, I will freely admit, I, I mean, I don't really watch The Simpsons anymore, partly because I, a, I can't believe that movie, the TV show is still airing and uh, they are making like relevant pop culture touchstone episodes. But it, it's uh, bonkers to think about them making an episode <laughs> about something brand new. Well, did, I can't have picture they, it. Have they made an episode about Avatar? Like, I actually I'm maybe. 99% <laughs> sure. I want me to look it up right now. <laughs> I, 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 am, I am so curious because... 
I like, I bet they like I bet maybe like Zoe Saldana or Jake Worthington or Stephen Lang probably right. I feel like anyone the the odds are relatively high that even if they haven't made an episode specifically about Avatar that. One of those three has probably been in a couple episodes of The Simpsons. There was a Treehouse of Horror episode okay. that, that did touch directly on Avatar. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. You're yeah. right. Yeah, I think parody is a big a big cultural impact signifier. That's funny. Star just... Wars, it's been 40 years of parodies. And, I mean, look, like, Avatar is a relatively new franchise, right? The first yeah. one came out in, what, 2008? Nine. Nine? Okay, yeah, so... so... Four, yeah, fourteen years ago. That's not that long. That's not that long a time, and to like to really say, oh yeah, it had lasting impact. But again, again, look, if you make a lot of money, I I think there is like it, it, people are clearly aware of what the story is and like what you know. I know people joke about like unobtainium, and they joke about like, do you remember who, like the the main character's name? Like yeah. you know all the all the typical jokes that people make about Avatar. But I think after going to see this this second one, The Way of Water, first of all, I thought it was. A better movie than the first one. I just I, I, I agree. Probably because they didn't really I didn't really feel as though they had to explain like they didn't really have to explain who Jake was. They didn't really have to explain why humans were were, were here or coming back. Like they kind of it, it did to a certain degree rely on your knowledge of the first movie, but then then they kind of just started it over anyways with the big rockets coming down and then the the aliens the well I guess they are aliens to them, but yeah. the the humans like returning to Pandora and Edie Falco of all people being the general, which that was the one I, thing in the movie <laughs> where even I didn't know she was in it, right. and I leaned over to our mutual friend James and I was like. Is that Edie Falco? And he was like, yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> I, my, my wife and I, like, I, one of the first things I did during the pandemic was I, re- I watched for the first time The Sopranos. I had never, ever seen The Sopranos before. That's the first thing um, I did was rewatch it. Yeah, it, yeah. And hey, fantastic. Like, I see why everyone talks about it. I, I still enjoy the ending for what it's worth. Like, Me even too, though yeah. I, I had, like, legitimately seen the ending on YouTube before. But having all the context, I still enjoyed it, all things considered. Now that's what I think of when I think of uh, Don't Stop Believing. I now think of that specific scene yes. and that show. But Edie Falco, like, I in my head, I'm like, oh, Edie Falco is Carmela. Like, that is who that is who she is. And then I'm like, is that Edie Falco? The, you know what the interesting thing about this movie is? Obviously, like, the big thing is that the uh, visual effects are stunning and everything looks so real. I think the point where my brain knew it wasn't real, but I still couldn't really tell with my eyeballs was when Edie Falco as the general was walking in her, like, I guess she's like piloting the mech, right? Like yeah, when, her when you suit. Yeah, her suit thing. And she is standing next to an alien Stephen Lang and they like they're they're like they're they're seeing each other. I think he like shakes her hand or something, yeah. or, or they they greet each other in some way, and then they walk indoors. And then she talks to him at like eye level while he's just like this tall alien is just standing there. And they have a conversation about like his goals and his mission and his objective, like find Jake Sully, so on and so forth. And at no point did I ever really think this was fake. You know what I mean? Like, like she she was probably like in reality when you think about it. She was probably like being suspended in some like suspension wire thing and just kind of moving her arms back and forth with yeah. like just standing in, on a platform. Yeah, exactly. Up. And then Stephen Lang is probably standing down here, and she's probably looking like maybe not even at his face, maybe at some like cutout or I don't know. She's like who who knows how they were doing it, but you know in your mind that it was all fake, quote unquote, and yet it looked so real. It was genuinely stunning. I remember thinking that after the first one. And then I saw the first one, the re uh the re-release from right. a couple months ago. Okay. And I don't know exactly how they touched it up or whatever, but it looked even better. Maybe that was just by it being in IMAX again and seeing it on a big screen after right. 12, 13 years. 
But I was like, wow, they cannot top this. And then the new one, it looks, <laughs> I don't know, three times more real. Oh, man. There were parts where I was like, I know. And and the whole time you're pl- like kind of playing that game with yourself where you're like, okay, I'm going to look at this and like picture what they were doing in real life while I'm... While I'm translating, it's on screen, and it, it, I just couldn't do it. Like, it broke me. My brain was broken, like you said. <laughs> I, I think the, the other scene that really got me where I, I, I still I have only seen it in theaters once so far, mainly because I went with my wife the first time, and she has, I'm pretty sure, the smallest bladder known to man. So I, I, even, I, I told her, I'm like, look, you have to use the bathroom before we go to this movie, and she still had to go. Yeah, try it. And I don't what? blame her. So I kind of did too, and I had like a small Coke during the, during yeah. the movie. But, uh, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. But I, I, do, have to, I do have to go see this movie again. Uh, but I remember the, um, the scene that really stuck out to me was when, uh, the daughter, like Jake's daughter, it, they, they, they're now living with the water tribe and she goes swimming and she kind of gets like separated from the rest of them and the rest of them are with like the uh, like the other leader's kids and then she's by herself and it's it's just like 10 minutes of her just like swimming with like sea creatures just and like in fish and stuff. Yeah. she's seeing, yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm like, man, these, these all, like if anyone told me like, show all of those things you can find on earth, I'd be like, sure. James Cameron yeah. just went to some place in the Caribbean or like in Indonesia somewhere and filmed underwater, and that's what he found. And like yeah. th- that's he, what he put on camera. He went to the most expensive snorkel place <laughs> yes. and just took pictures yes. and was like, recreate this. Okay, we want to talk about something, a technical marvel. Okay. Sigourney Weaver as that daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first time I saw it, I knew that it was her. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to immerse myself in the movie. Great. Everything's great. Watched with a more skeptical eye the second time. <laughs> I think her performance was incredible. Yeah. And I'm not trying to, like, you know, overhype things. I was blown away. She, I don't know a 14-year-old girl right now, you (laughs) know? Like, I don't have any uh, nieces or anything that age or anything. But I, I totally buy it. And there's something about her performance as sort of a microcosm of the movie. And what I enjoy was it's, I like the sincerity. I like the earnestness of this all which is very different from all the big franchise stuff we're getting. And it's kind of a like a palate cleanser for me. Sure. I can, behind I, that. I can watch it and get into it. And I guess that's somewhat why people don't like it. But what do you think of that in terms of the cynicism, not from the audience, but more from the like creators as far as, uh, let's say, the MCU or mm-hmm. the DC movies? Yeah, yeah. They know. They're like, okay, everything's going to be connected. We're going to wink at this. We're going to nudge at this. This movie does not do that at all. Yeah, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I love watching the MCU movies because for me, it's like it just reminds me of reading comic books like with my cousins when I'm younger, right? Like that's kind of why the largest reason I like watching MCU movies. But it is kind of tiring at some points to be like, like at the end of the movie, I often find I am not thinking about how much I did or did not enjoy that movie, but I'm thinking about okay, how does this set up the X-Men movie? Or what's how does the next this, yeah, thing? Yeah, what's the next thing? Like, how, yeah. what's, what, what, what am I going to get Doctor Doom next? Like, yeah, it was cool. It's cool I just saw Black Panther 2. That was a, I, I enjoyed it well enough. But like, what am I going to get the next guy in here, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like that, it, it almost feels kind of exhausting, which is yes. actually, uh, honestly, why I actually did really like Black Panther 2 as an aside, because probably for the same reason I like Black Panther 1 is because it didn't really feel all that connected to the larger movies. Like, you just know in a in a distant sense that, like, they are occupying the same universe, but for the most part, Black Panther 2 was all about the relationship between everyone and this guy who passed away, essentially, right? So it's what, which is why I liked it so much. But I do agree with you that, like, in 
big blockbuster filmmaking these days, that kind of earnestness is gone. And I mean, you and I are big Tom Cruise fans. It's probably a big reason why people seem to really gravitate towards Top Gun Maverick, right? I mean, Top Gun Maverick was probably, I I honestly think of all the movies I saw in 2022, like actually sat down in a movie theater to see. Um, So I, I I guess I could count. Actually, I can count Avatar because I saw that movie. Like, I think I saw it like days before the end of of December. Yeah. Literally the last movie of the year I saw. Um, I would probably, even after including Avatar, I'd probably include my favorite movie going experience of the year was Top Gun Maverick because it was like it, the audience was super into it and it was funny but it it didn't feel like it's some kind of cheap cash grab and yeah, like, like a lot was, of other movies do as a you know I'm biased I suppose <laughs> right as a noted Tom Cruise yes. fan but I was genuinely shocked at that movie and the yeah. experience I had with it I Avatar was the exact same yeah and also to say about uh, the cynicism of Marvel stuff. I'm, I'm not saying maybe if there were 20 Avatar movies over the last 15 years <laughs> right, that right. I would also be tired of this. Sure, sure. So it's not a totally fair comparison. But yeah, I do I do enjoy sort of just something different. I just want something different. And that's what Avatar is. So you're saying you're, you're saying when we talk about MCU movies, uh, you're not you're not one of the people who are like like the Winter Soldier is basically a '70s spy I, movie. It's like a spy. It's basically a spy thriller starring Robert I, Redford. I cannot <laughs> abide by these the PR lines. And did you see what they said about the new Ant Man? No, no. They go, oh, it's actually like uh, I don't want to mispronounce it, Jodorowsky. Oh, They're like, okay, yeah, it's sort right. of his Dune, but uh, in the That's MCU, funny. it's like, guys, come on, stop it. We can't be doing. And then people repeat it. <laughs> right. They'll say it right to your face, like they thought of it. Crazy. That's <laughs> funny. Really funny. Oh boy, uh, yeah, it's like the uh, yeah, like the gar- like all the all of the like semi original ideas that get used in the MCU. And I say this like legitimately as someone who enjoys all of those movies. It's it's too much, honestly. It's, yeah. it's too much to describe it that way. Like you can enjoy something for what it is without trying to make it like more than that. I guess like like I'll still I'm gonna go see Ant Man. Like I got my tickets already. Yeah, but, do it. But, like, good but, for like, you. But it doesn't mean it's the next Dune or something. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, exactly. I think there's like a. Well, there's that whole resistance to be, they don't want to be lumped into a certain thing. They're yeah, like, right. hey, we're better than that. Even though, personally, I don't think that's the case. I'm happy for people that enjoy it. Honestly, <laughs> that's great. I'm a hater. You know, the let people enjoy <laughs> right. things. Let me not enjoy let it. Let not, yeah. yeah. But All right. All right. We, we, we haven't talked about PyCon. I just, we got to talk about PyCon, the outcast Tolkien whale. He's the MVP of the movie, yeah. right? Uh, I'm glad you said it, his said his name because I completely forgot what his name was. But um, I, I think my favorite part I'm of this movie, the the part of the movie where you learn that like they're clearly like you clearly see immediately that they're intelligent, empathetic creatures. But then the part of the movie when like a papyrus fonted. Uh, subtitle pops <laughs> on the screen. What a mind blow! I, I was like, "Oh my god!" They're like, I, I kind of thought, like, honest guy, I thought it was, it was like me talking to my cat, where like I, I assume he understands me and he like reacts to things when I like pet him or I talk to him. But like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, but does he really get me?" And then they're just having full blown conversations. Yeah. I, I actually think when the subtitles popped up, the theater, which was packed everyone laughed like everyone was like but like not in a that stupid way i feel like i almost was like a holy crap like this is yeah, awesome. like i can't believe that yeah. i'm watching this yeah i think we had the same reaction i gasped i was like no way no way <laughs> and then the other ones when they meet all their their other tolkoon friends right, right. and they're like hey how's your baby and the, and the whale goes great how's yours You're like what the hell 
Oh, that's that was so phenomenal. That's one of the best parts of the movie. I actually think the the like I said, Paikun MVP of the movie. Um, I really enjoyed the relationship with like the the like the kind of hot headed wayward son and this like uh, I guess like hot headed wayward whale. I yeah, suppose that you, they you were later learned. Match made in heaven. Yeah, there, it was it was a lot of fun seeing him seeing the whale just go all, free willy himself onto the boat and then just like tail whip. All the soldiers and like crush the robots and like the crane things and the harpoons. It was and then and then the the like arguably one of the climaxes of the movie had a couple of different like highs, but one of them was when he when the whale like defeats like Captain Ahab essentially. Yeah, he, <laughs> it's phenomenal. So he, he takes his oh, the arm. Wait, yeah, sorry. I was like we're spoiling yeah, this. Obviously, it's, yeah, yeah. it's been up for six weeks. If you weren't gonna see it by now, whatever. I, I I say the spoiler like the time the time frame is like a week. I give it a week. A week, and you know you're choosing to you're opting into listening. To That's this. also also true. Yeah, yeah. He takes his takes the arm retribution for his fin. Mm-hmm. Loved it. So I just read actually this afternoon. I was so excited to tell you this. Empire magazine has okay. an exclusive. Pyacon officially coming back. Okay. So is the whaler whose arm he took. <laughs> oh, I thought man. he died. I thought he died too. Like they never explicitly showed That's it, phenomenal. but I was like, I assumed he bled out and died in the ocean. Sure. But yeah, he's yeah. coming back. Wow. It's going Ahab. Good for that guy. Yeah. I, I hope it's like um like you know, like in, in older movies and in, in like in TV shows, it's like he has like a toque. And some kind of overcoat, but the overcoat arm is like pinned back. I, I love that. I, I, that's a I look that's that what he looks been like. missing for too many years. <laughs> if anyone can be relied upon to bring that back, it is James Cameron. I, I wholeheartedly believe it. I honestly do. You know what's funny? When I went to the movie in theaters, too, we're in Canada, obviously, and James Cameron is Canadian. Um, I went to see it in a Cineplex theater, and right before the movie started, maybe this was for you too, it, he like played a message. It was like a message yes. from James Cameron. Cineplex probably just asked him to record something because they're the biggest chain in the country, right? So they probably were like, hey, can you please record this? And he, he, it was it was pretty boilerplate, right? It was just like, hey, Canada, love when you go see my movies. Thank you so much. It means so much to me. And then like at the very end, he snuck in like, thanks for going to see my movie the way it should be scre- seen on the big screen. And I, yep. I, I realized in that moment, I've never actually heard extended thoughts from... Uh, let's say a James Cameron, the way I have from other people like a Quentin Tarantino or a Martin Scorsese about like what he thinks about the str- the idea of the age of streaming we live in. Because I honest, honest to God, if James Cameron made a podcast about movies and like a just not even like about what he thinks about current movies, just like a podcast about his experience being a filmmaker. I guarantee you that'd be one of the most listened to podcasts in the world. I would eat it up. Because it's not just that he's an expert filmmaker. He's like a lunatic or something. Like he has probably like a, he's like a a competitive (laughs) maniac when it comes to his films. And he, he says that. He has a bravado to say the least. (laughs) He's confident. I I mean, I guess he should be at this point. Oh my God. How could he not be? Right. I was reading about how he said, um, there's going to be a new narrator now okay. for each movie going right. forward. So it's not going to be Jake anymore. No, he says Loak, the 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 one living son now, right. is going to be the next narrator. That's interesting. And then I think I would assume Sigourney Weaver will do one as Kiri. Right. I mean, she's basically like Navi Jesus, essentially. Yeah, exactly. That's what she is, right? So many funny. Uh, this is the age <laughs> of Reddit, I guess. But it's like, hey, what are the theories on on who her mom or her dad is? Her mom is Sigourney Weaver, obviously in the yeah, movie, yeah. but like. You know who her dad is and what's the significance it's like she's jesus bro like that's <laughs> come on what are we doing you don't even have to guess is it is it terrible that like like legitimately when i realized that they were like talking about a virgin birth and like that it, she was connected to the like the world mother and all, all these things right like that that's all cool 
I'm not kidding. The first thing I thought of, and this is just how deep I'm down the Star Wars rabbit hole, but I thought of Anakin Skywalker. I thought of Anakin and Shmi. I thought it was like, yeah, like this, the, the famous line where she's like, I, I carried him, I gave birth. There was no father, right? And I thought to myself, holy crap, like this movie is just like really down there in my consciousness. Yeah, it's like that's your Jesus origin story <laughs> yeah. that you refer to. It's not to actual Jesus. Anakin Skywalker yeah, is the prototype. Oh, good heavens. So funny. I just, I, I can't wait. Like I, I can't wait for the third one because Same. I want to see the mean Navis. How are they going to, how are they going to like incorporate the idea of fire? Like I just, I'm so fascinated to see what goes on from there. I guess, I guess the other thing too, is I was thinking like, is Jake, like our Neytiri tribe, are they the earth ones or the air ones? I guess earth, cause they live in a tree, I guess. Right. Yeah. As far as like the elements we're all, we're yeah, going yeah, to, right, I know right. it. Right. Cause like they swing around and stuff, but they're down, you know, they're in the dirt. Right. Right. Like, I would call them the Earth ones. Because then it does. There were mountains in Pandora. I suppose, right? that, I suppose that's true too. Because it, and that's the thing. It made me wonder, like, because the 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 floating mountains were such a big part of the first movie and the second one too. I guess yeah. right where the where the like the bird things live. But um, I I guess there were such big parts of it that I kind of wondered, well, if they ever do get to like an air tribe, like what would be different about them, right? Like do they all live, do they just permanently live in those floating rocks? Like yeah. are, are there bigger floating rocks? I mean, Pandora is like the uh, the biggest moon I've ever seen because like they, they have every element on this place. Right. And now you've made me think though, I'm like maybe they are the air ones because they do fly around on their banshees and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I don't know. James Cameron's gonna have to blow us out of the water with this one. <laughs> I I can't wait. It's gonna make another two billion dollars. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, you know we haven't talked about Stephen Lang yet, at, like too 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 much. Yeah, I love and him. Yes, he's let's great. Do it. He's so great. Like he, he, he like he's that kind of actor who has been in so many. Like he's a character actor who has been in so many smaller roles in virtually everything. Right. Like I think I watched an episode of, like, Bones that he was in. I think he that was in Psych. That does not Psych. surprise me at like, all. Like, yeah, he's in, like, every TV show known to man and then also in a lot of other things, I too. was watching Manhunter, okay. like, the Hannibal movie from oh, yeah, Michael right. Mann from right. the 80s, and he's in that as a as sort of, like, a scummy newspaper reporter. He doesn't... You, unrecognizable. He plays, like, a loser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This guy's so cool. He's so <laughs> awesome and, like... You know, take charge, Stephen Lang. Yeah, he's a badass. Like he, he legitimately is. Like he's the. I almost feel like he's the king of. Hey, it's that guy. It's like that guy from yeah. that from that one movie I watched. But I, I feel like we don't get as many of those anymore, too. So it's nice to have a guy like that. I think he's the best part of the first Avatar for sure. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Performance wise, I think he's like. He's, yeah. I think he's leaps and bounds the best. Uh, Natiri is. Yeah, Zoe Saldana is pretty good too. But given, like, I guess given that you, and again, motion capture. Um, or, or like performance capture, I guess, is what James Cameron refers to it as. Like yes. it, it is, uh, which is great. I'm glad he's inventing new terms. Uh, he, I, he, again, he he can do whatever he wants. He'll right? rename so, everything. Yeah, and we'll yeah. go, sure, James, that's we'll, right. We'll go along with it. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Like Zoe Saldana probably is, was my favorite performance, but I think it is partially because of the the technology that's associated with it, mainly because. Go watch the behind the scenes thing, and they have plenty of them out there on YouTube. Probably they're probably like DVD extras and so on, but yeah. you can go find them on YouTube now. And I love watching this. There's the scene from the first one where Natiri teaches Jake how to like commune with the flying banshee things, and then they like she like, she's with hers, and then she like takes off and flies. And it's fascinating because she's like acting in the moment, like her her acting is displaying her feeling the wind on her face while she's just standing still with like yeah. a bunch of guys behind her, just like moving her butt back and forth. Yeah. Right? They like, do it's fascinating. Bizarre stuff. People carrying around like big pieces of cardboard yeah. and stuff. And 
Oh man! Physically so that, opening up the the jaws of the animals. Yeah, it looks like just people playing with big toys. <laughs> it does. Like they're they're probably like styrofoam or something yeah, in some I way, right? So. Like it's it's something like that. Anyways, it's for that reason I think I I, I like narrowly give it to Zoe Saldana because I can't imagine how difficult that is. But uh, Stephen Lang is a super close second, and uh, Korich is just uh, he's just a fun villain to watch because yeah. he's almost like cartoonishly evil. Yeah, it's and, a, and a classic like love to hate him villain. Yes, which again and and this isn't a bad thing actually but a lot of villains now in big budget things you know they try to give us a backstory an empathetic backstory mm-hmm. which is good because it makes them three-dimensional but when we were kids you know sometimes we just <laughs> wanted to hate jafar for yeah example, sure right i was like god damn i hate this guy <laughs> you know like you hated uh that that dickhead guy from pocahontas yeah i mean for more reasons now too now that we're like knowledgeable adults of things but you're like this guy's an asshole in Pocahontas, yeah, the yeah. white guy. So it's nice just to have a villain like Quaritch where I'm like, this guy's no good. But we can I can also tell he's gonna get his redemption. Oh right? my god. They're, like now that now that he is first of all, the clone thing, and he's like a he's like a, a previous or a clone that doesn't have the previous experiences of Quaritch beyond like coming to Pandora for the first time. I think it was great. It was a great way to just. I, I remember. I so un, unlike you, I went into this movie completely dark. I like literally just seen the trailer, mm-hmm. and the trailer did not have Quaritch in it. Like the, the trailer, I mean, like the movie. It, it had been a while, it and didn't I didn't even have plot in it. No, I think it was. Yeah. It was literally just like, come like come back to Pandora. Like, and then it was just shots <laughs> of, of nature. Says, yeah. Welcome back yeah. to Pandora. <laughs> I, uh, so I, I am, I was going into this movie like, who is the villain of this movie going to be? Like, I have no idea. And then it's just Korich again and like his goons again. Like it was the same, like I forget, I don't know what the guy, the, the actor's name is off the top of my head, but the bald, like kind of meathead the looking Vin guy. The looking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because yeah. he, and he was in, um, I'm like, pretty i want to say he was in mad max like was he not like the, oh, one of the sons the sons yeah oh yeah. my god i he, did not put that was, together i think he was that guy who was like i'm a baby brother yeah, yeah, and yeah he was beautiful that guy right i think and, it is him <laughs> he just that's what if it's not him they look very very yes. similar but um that so it was just it was funny to think like i had no recollection of of what that guy's name was other than he was the face, like the nameless goon who was Quaritch's like right hand man from the first movie, yeah. and then they all just come back, and you're like, oh, okay, this is the, they're just coming back again to be like this hit squad, personal hit squad for Jake Sully. But you're right though, like at the end of the movie, they they introduce a new a new kind of like it's not a, obviously not a love interest, but like a uh, an interest for him in the son, right, yeah. the human son, which I thought actually he did that that kid did a phenomenal job acting. Like I, an I gotta impossible say. task to come out of that yeah. role yeah. and not look really silly. Yeah. I thought he was great. He was also Spider. ripped. It's just ripped. That God, kid. I know. I, was I, like, I okay, wish kid. I was ripped now as this like, kid this was when he was fifteen, 15 or years yeah. old. It's making me look like a piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, he he was he was fantastic, and then uh, when he saves Quaritch at the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, I'm not entirely surprised about this, but it de- like you said, redemption arc. It does make yeah. me kind of feel like there will be a scene, if not in the next one, but at some point before the Avatar series is over, where Quaritch goes to Jake and he says something like, like when this is all over. It's me and you, boy. But um, but but he, but, but he like helps him out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's gonna be his. That's the and then the, and then the, the reluctantly fight side by side. Jake throws him a gun and he catches oh. it midair. And, you know, like wow. that's that's what's I gonna can't happen. wait for this. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna happen in Avatar three, but it will happen at some point. It, it will. I think that's a four thing. You know, you gotta wait till. Okay, yeah, I could see that actually. Yeah, I I, I guess you think it's a guarantee that David Thewlis is the villain of the next one. I I don't know why you bring him in and not make him bad, right? Yeah, like 
It's funny because I feel like people of our generation probably think of him as like Professor Lupin more than a lot of things. But then I admittedly I did see, um, oh my god, what's the TV show called? What the bad? He has the bad teeth. F- uh, Fargo. Right. I, I saw Fargo, and he was the and he was the bad guy, and he was like the scariest bad guy I've ever seen in a, in a piece of fiction. It was. I have really, watched it. Oh my goodness! Like the nice thing about the Fargo TV show is that it's all. It's a, kind of like an anthology, so you yeah, don't need each to. Season's watch, different. Yeah, you don't like really need to watch the previous season. Like they they have some like you know winks and like a, some references here and there. But like right. if you don't watch it, you're not like missing really missing anything. It was funnily enough, it was the season where the like protagonists are both are twin brothers played by Ewan, Ewan McGregor. McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I gotta watch this one. It was a pretty good. Se- that's probably the best season of Fargo because like, I think the next season was the one with Chris Rock and like. I mean, God love Chris Rock, but that season was incredibly boring. So. Really? Yeah, sh- I always shockingly boring. I always root for Chris Rock when he's not doing comedy. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, come on, man, you can do it. Did you see that Amsterdam movie? No. I haven't, I haven't I, seen it either. It's I on out. Disney Plus yeah, right yeah. now. Like, it's, it's waiting for us. I don't have the gall. <laughs> Me neither. I can't I, do it. I, I, I know the Oscar nominations are actually coming out next week. They're, they yeah. announced they're coming out, I think, on Tuesday. We're recording this on, I don't even know what day it is, Wednesday, I think. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Time is a flat circle. It all blends, <laughs> it all blends together. I, the pandemic has completely and probably permanently warped my sense of time. Um, and I also work, you and I both work in sports media and like you work at all hours of the night. So you yeah. like, have no idea what time it is sometimes. So I, yeah, whatever. They're coming out next week. Um, I am very much looking forward to the Oscar nominations coming out. I don't think Amsterdam is getting nominated for many things. No. But I, my bold prediction for you, just to wrap things up here, because um, I, I, mean, I, I admit I, I admit I am very much looking forward to the nominations, but I, I don't know what to expect really out of the Oscar nominations after the acting awards, because the Oscars, I feel like can, and we have talked about this at length before, but just they can go kind of any, any which way. My, but my, my expectation is that Avatar does get nominated for an Oscar that is not best visual effects. And I, I really do think it'll just be best picture in the end. I, I agree. I don't think it'll, it'll win, but it'll get nominated because the field is a larger field yeah. and they can afford to like, I mean, I, that's the whole reason they expanded the field to 10 in the first place was so they could say, here are some other good movies that were, that came out in the year 2022 or in, was, the, in the past 12 months. It actually, I think was nominated in the first year where it was expanded. It was. Yeah. Right? It was. Cause it was right after the dark Knight, And that was the movie that's right. that like, I think unofficially, yeah, caused yeah. the whole expansion. Well, I remember when Hugh Jackman hosted that year, he did like the um like the like the kind of musical intro for the Oscars yes. when he did like the song and dance routine and his part about the dark night was that he basically like kind of complained about it. He like he's saying about how like it made a billion dollars and shame on you for not nominating this yeah. movie for like a whole bowl and like he cuts to Christopher Nolan in the audience and he's kind of like mm, like looking like you know purse lips yeah he like, doesn't want any part of this <laughs> uh but like it, the funny thing is I, I almost feel like I almost feel like Avatar has to get nominated for best picture because James Cameron has won this Oscar before obviously for Titanic and I'm the king of the world thing, and like yeah. when, he, when he won like a, a million awards and all the different, all the, and I mean Titanic deserved it. I'm not saying it, it didn't, but I must feel like, and again, this kind of goes back to like some the cynicism thing we we're talking about. But like if Avatar, I mean, if Avatar was directed by someone who wasn't James Cameron, would it be as good? Obviously not. That's a diff- no, that's a whole yeah. other conversation. But because Avatar is directed by James Cameron, who is such a famous director, and like famous not just for blockbusters, although he is very famous for blockbusters, but famous for making like essentially art, right? As, as the Oscars, the, the Academy seems to define it. I almost feel like it's a lock to nominate Avatar for Best Picture. I, I almost think like it would be it would be more of an upset if Avatar did not get nominated for Best Picture because... At this very at this point, r- yeah. yes, yeah. I agree totally. 
My my bold prediction is that all of Avatar, Top Gun, and Black Panther two get nominated for Best Pictures. All three. All three. Yeah. That is that's bold. Yeah. That's big. What about Glass Onion? No, See that I don't, I don't in think there? so. I don't, I don't think so. I think they'll they'll I think they'll like they'll throw Netflix a bone and they'll nominate that for like a writing award and it's yeah. not going to win. It'll, no, it'll, no, yeah, no. I don't think it's going to win anything, honestly. No. I, well, okay, I have to ask. Have you seen Babylon? I have not seen Babylon yet. That's that's the next one on the list, actually. Because I, 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 you mentioned our friend James. I saw James did tweet about it, and like I gotta say, I saw the trailer. I thought the trailer looked friggin' awful. I hated I, I the trailer. It, yeah, it made me. It turned me off so hard to wanting to watch this movie. Which is funny because I actually do like. I think basically all of Damien Chazelle's other movies, like pretty much all of them, even though I, I may have fallen asleep when the first time I watched The First Man, but um, that was I, my favorite I, one. I did rewatch it and I still liked it. So, yes. <laughs> so it, is, it is actually quite good. I, I finally, I fell asleep seeing that movie at TIFF of all places. I was, it oh, was, wow, it that's was very like, the, yeah, it was like the 11 p.m. showing or whatever. And I was, I had, I had literally been in movies all day and it was the last movie I was going to go see. And I, I nodded off and I woke up and it was like the rock was taking off or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's okay, movie. I guess movie's, they did movie's it. Movie's over. <laughs> yeah, I guess they made. Who knew? <laughs> I guess he makes it in the end. But I, uh, but but have you seen Babylon? I loved it. Really? Yeah, and I thought I I was not a La La Land fan. Okay, I thought it was awesome. Wow, it's it's a big swing. Okay, this is one that if people are not into it, I am not judgmental. I'm like, yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> I does, loved it though. Does does Babylon get nominated for anything? I don't think so. Okay. It's been creeping up on people's top tens and yeah, critics yeah. things, but I think it's. I just wanted to know if you'd seen it because I would love to get your opinion if you okay. think. We'll have if you to, see I'll it have before the nominations yeah, yeah. are out, text me your prediction. Okay, I will. Just so I know. Uh, actually, you know what? I did want to get to one more thing with you before we go, go because you're like probably the only other person I personally know who has seen this movie. Puss in Boots. Oh, my I, God. I, I was so I, happy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Puss in Boots is maybe i i didn't actually see it in 2022 i think i literally saw it on like january 3rd or something like that i might be so, the same yeah yeah so I, i'm not i'm not counting it in my best movies of 2022 even though it did come out that year but still it is the one it, like if i was counting it it'd probably be at or near the top of the list of movies i saw last year a triumph yeah i, <laughs> I actually was shocked at how much i enjoyed it I, same here i have no allegiance <laughs> to the puss and boost franchise same, nothing same. and uh we watched it like my wife and i watched it and i was like this is like the best straight up comedy I've seen in yeah. years. Yeah. It's so funny. It's amazing. There's oh, a Jimmy man. Stewart impression in that movie that just <laughs> every line yes. killed me. Oh my God. I'm, yeah, oh, I was Mario? so happy to yeah. see you. Yeah. yeah it was, <laughs> I was it so was, happy you loved it because it was, was like, so good. Excellent. I like the the scene that like genuinely made me and my wife laugh out loud was when was when the dog gets kidnapped by the bears and Goldilocks and they're like trash talking. They're all trash talking each other, and then it's his turn to trash talk, and he just like cusses. He's just cussing. Oh yeah, like they he's, bleep it. Yeah, yeah. They like they like they legitimately tone bleep it out because yeah. he's like presumably like dropping the f bomb or something or yeah. like other really awful slurs or something, and I, they're like I bleeping it out. It. And I was like, oh my god, this is a children's movie. And I guess like kids won't really and. A hundred percent understand that. I I get that it like honestly in this in the vein of Shrek of which this is kind of a part of. Yeah, like Shrek is one of those movies that was made like I almost would argue almost more for adults than it was for kids, right? Yeah, and it was a trailblazer. Yeah, it, it kind of was right. Like I, I as much as as much as people 
as much as people kind of almost forget about Shrek because the latter sequels, is, I think there were four Shrek movies. Uh, yeah, and, and they like were the, not. The three Diminishing and four were, were, were pretty bad, yeah. Like, I enjoyed Shrek 2, but like the last couple were like not great, right? But Puss in Boots, the, this one, The Last Wish, like the the song was a banger, like yes. the Fearless Hero song. <laughs> I, I thought Florence Pugh did a great job as Goldilocks. I thought Salma Hayek did a great job as Kitty. I uh, I have like no I have no real com- John Mulaney did a terrific job as as Horner and the animation style. I mean, oh, I, it's beautiful. I, I, I guess it kind of was like Spider Verse to a certain, like kind of, sort of, like not exactly, but in that yeah. more towards that than like a Shrek, for example. Yeah, it was like almost like at points approximating hand drawn, but yeah, more of a storybook yeah. thing, not like the hand drawn of of Disney days of old, but like just like physical pages it looked like yeah, it was yeah. it was striking i loved it like it was it was i i can believe how much like, the actual story itself wasn't groundbreaking i don't think like no, it's a the, journey they, yeah they go on they go on the journey of self-discovery they each of them has something to learn like about like themselves and about each other and what are, relationships and so on like i get it that's kind of what you expect from a children's movie but the way they went about it the acting performances the visuals the comedy, like you said, was je- all fantastic, and I um and then you know what it laid laid on you a fun little like a uh, kind of teaser at the end. It was like they're going back. They like I actually wasn't sure what they were going for, and then the camera, like the quote unquote camera, literally cuts to a picture of like the kingdom from Shrek Two, and yeah. they play the Shrek music, and then the movie ends, and I'm like, oh, like, are they making a Shrek Five? Yeah. I, I get that. I got the sense that maybe it's like what it's going to be. It's like it's going to be a Puss in Boots Three with characters from Shrek. Which is a good little backdoor yeah. way to gauge interest. It's true. Is, is yeah. the world ready for Shrek again? Like we can find <laughs> out this way because because I think oh, Puss in yeah. Boots has become a hit. I think it's so, yeah. Slow, I yeah. think it's a slow burn box office hit now though. So I'm I happy. Right. I think you're probably right. Yeah. And also the wolf. Um I forget oh the, my God. Pedro uh, uh, Wagner, I think uh, was the guy who, I I mean obviously when I think of him, I think of like Narcos, right? Because he was the guy who played Pablo Escobar in Narcos. Oh my god, I didn't um, I didn't know. And that. so like he, he I thought was, he was awesome. He was great. Like he you know, the funny thing is my 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 burning question about the movie after it ended was Wait, like, wasn't there a big bad wolf? Like, wasn't there a wolf like in the Shrek universe? Like, it's like the like the wolf that like the in red the, the Red one. Riding Hood, yeah. And it's like he dress, she dress like the the wolf dresses up with like the grandmother's outfit, and it's like one of the fairy tale creatures that like they meet or whatever over the course of the various movies. And in the like, he's in the first movie, so like it's not. I I was kind of like, oh, is this like some kind of weird retcon? And then at the end of the movie, they like in no uncertain terms, make it clear that this is not a wolf, <laughs> that he this is, is the, uh, like, the aspect of death in yeah, Come to See Puss in Boots. He's the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Like, he's just death. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 there's no interpretation. Oh, that was too funny. I I, I just funny because I was wondering about the whole movie, and then I, literally, I think the line of dialogue was, I am. I think he actually uses the word unambiguously. I think he actually says, "I am like basically straight <laughs> up death," great. which is so funny. Yeah, so, straight up, he says that. Yeah, he is. He is. It was action was also great too. The uh, animation for the yes. action scenes. But anyways, Puss in Boots was great, and I, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you saw it. So we we covered a lot of ground in this. We covered the Oscars, uh, Puss in Boots, and uh, everything to do with Avatar: The Way of Water. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Will we ever get another Star Wars movie? Like, is that ever going to happen? Are we? Are, Do am you I gonna, want that? I'm going to die before I get a Star Wars like ten or something. I don't know. I feel like they're going to cancel that Rogue, Rogue One, oh, the, uh, not Rogue One. Sorry, the the Patty Jenkins one about the X Wings. Yeah, Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's done. It probably is, eh? Because they they kind of like they they removed it from the release schedule, and now 
We've heard nothing about it. I know Taika Waititi was apparently supposed to do a movie. That's apparently on the back burner. I'm Ryan, good with that. Yeah, I think after seeing Thor Love and Thunder, oh boy. I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I will pass on that Star yeah, Wars right? movie. I, I I really liked Ragnarok, and then it's like, oh, this is more of that? Like, uh, okay. Yeah, it was uh, not, not great. It felt reheated. Yeah. It, it, was, yeah. it was not good. It's like, you know when you reheat McDonald's french fries in like the microwave, and like you know they're going to taste bad, but you eat them anyways, and like, oh, yeah, that's what it, yeah. that's what it felt like. I, I would still take a Ryan Johnson trilogy of Star Wars movies where he gets to just decide what he wants to do. I would love nothing more. But we'll probably never get that because Netflix, I'm pretty sure, has him chained to a desk somewhere just writing Knives Out yeah. sequels for the next, like, 10 to 15 years. I think the only Star Wars that I'm looking forward to, honestly, is Andor Season 2. No Mando, se- no Mando 3? I'm out. You're out, eh? Used to be, okay. used to be self-contained. <laughs> I could get down with it, but more and more I'm resistant to the... Okay. To cram every possible spin-off show, shared universe. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're gonna tee up this new potential character <laughs> from a from a show from before. And I love oh, some of the stuff that yeah. they're based off. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I loved Rebels. But I just can't get down with so it. So you're not anymore. gonna watch the Ahsoka, the Ahsoka Rosario Dawson? I'm not doing it. Oh, really? I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Did you watch Boba Fett? No, I watched two episodes of it. Okay. And then they undid an emotional ending from Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. I, I read all about it, right? Okay, okay, okay. So it's like it's funny because what, if, if how you, does that make sense? If you're someone who did not watch the Book of Boba Fett, and but you do like Mandalorian, and you watch season two, and and it finishes, and then you watch episode, like you watch the trailer, you'll go, what the you'll, hell yeah, you'd be happened? like, it'd be it'd somehow Grogu return. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, that's, just, that's, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen in the end. But I mean, I I I'm all I'm all in at this point for all of it because I think it's kind of like in for a penny, in for a pound at this point for yeah. me in like Star Wars. I just I I'm it's like almost like a curse. I feel like I have to, but uh, I broke it. <laughs> you broke it. I eh? think right. Rise of Skywalker really helped me. Okay, helped me break it. I appreciate. I, you know what? I respect that. And I also acknowledge that I'm not as strong as you to do that because I, that's <laughs> totally fair. I mean, well, did you like Andor? Yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah. It was great. It was I really, waited really good. after what six or seven weeks of people on Twitter saying, "Hey, this is amazing." Oh, and really? I was okay. like, "I'll believe it later." And then you know, three weeks goes by and they're all saying it, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> maybe." And then after five or six weeks, I was like, "Maybe it's actually good," and I loved it. It was. It was like I. I was one of those people who said no one asked for this Same. when they made it or when they announced it rather, and now I could not be a bigger fan of yeah. of whatever the heck they're doing. Like I was I, wrong, yeah, straight up. I was wrong. I was wrong too. I just give give me I I don't know. Like hook me up with with Mon Mothma's designer, like whoever makes oh, her yeah. clothes and furnishes her apartment. I want to know who that person is. And uh, you know I you know I know it's it, when when it's something like that is good is like legitimately when my wife watches it because she uh, she and I like legit have no shared interests. Like she <laughs> she she doesn't like sports and she does not like any of the real nerd shit. I'm into like I made her for the very first time watch Lord of the Rings like the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies and she she actually like really liked them. Oh thank God! I was um, like, yeah, I was I was a little apprehensive as to whether or not we, we should even go down this road. Yeah, you'd road. rather not know. Yeah, exactly. Than than risk like, it being a negative uh, reaction. But she really liked them. Um, so I'm glad. And so and she also really liked Andor. So now I think it is like I'm almost like the gateway to this like the gateway drug to getting her to watch uh, Mandalorian with me. It sounds like she has just. She has a high bar for quality. Yes, she which, does. Who can begrudge that? She actually had never seen 
Um, well, it's funny you say that because she'd never seen any of the Marvel movies, um, which would probably uh, make, would agree with the fact that you have a high. Bar, she has right. a high bar for quality, and uh, now I made her watch literally all of them. That's what we watched in 2022. Wow. We rewatched every Marvel movie in 2022. So the only one she hasn't seen is Black Panther two. So um, I think she's also kind of like lukewarm on them. So <laughs> I uh, I'm not gonna force her to watch it. That's nice. You can you know what you've watched 20. You can stop now. Exactly. I think you get the idea at this point. Uh, Mark, I appreciate this. Um, this was, uh, I didn't mean to keep you as long as you as, as you, you stayed. I, uh, you're generous with your time for me as always. But uh, I, I, I'm hoping that maybe we can do another episode before Avatar 3. Although I do think Avatar 3, like if I had to guess, it's probably coming out at Christmas time. I like think probably? they've announced it. Oh, have they officially years, said that? Two years from now. Oh, so it's not this Christmas. It's, it's no. not 2023, but Christmas of 2024. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we'll, okay, we'll for sure do an episode before Christmas of 2024. Oh, yeah, it's on. I'm in. I'm ready. PyCon 2. Thanks again to Mark, who obviously is just one of the best resources on, on in the world, honestly in the world, about uh, James Cameron and an avatar and like the pop culture discourse. I think we're all kind of like terminally online, which obviously is not the greatest thing in the world, but it is something I wanted to discuss because Avatar, and I'm glad we had the conversation about like about cultural impact and like, you know, quote unquote cultural impact, like whatever the heck that means. It's a, it's such a nebulous thing to define. I don't even really think it can be defined. It's a movie that has, has crossed $2 billion at the box office. How many movies ever can say that? I know like movies in the past have, have less to compete with movies today are in more theaters, 3d IMAX, uh, ultra AVX here in Canada, all these different things. So box office numbers, little inflated, obviously, but still, that's a, that is a huge impact one way or another from James Cameron and Avatar The Way of Water. So I just wanted to get that conversation out there. Um, on the next coming episodes, we'll definitely get to Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Thor as well. Um, I, I wanted to get to Wakanda Forever specifically because Black Panther, obviously the music for the beginning of this episode, or beginning of this podcast, is a Run the Jewels song, which I basically took because of Black Panther, the first Black Panther movie. So... Beyond whatever anyone thinks of MCU movies, Black Panther generally has a special place for me as it specifically pertains to this podcast. So I definitely want to get something out there on Wakanda Forever. And I actually did like the movie. So I figure why not talk about it? And of course, we'll have to get our uh, annual Oscar predictions episode out in the coming weeks and uh, about a month to go before the Oscars as well. But thanks for being alongside me. Always appreciate you guys listening along. I'm uh, glad to try and do this more often. I promise. I will pr- maybe we'll get some Andor reaction out there as well. And there's more other Star Wars shows, Mandalorian season three, Ahsoka season one. I think the Kenobi casts were relatively successful. Anyways, we have a lot of stuff coming in the podcast in the coming months. So I appreciate you guys all, all listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are not in Kansas anymore.